Welcome to The Uncommon Truth and journeying with us as we pursue purpose and the principles of performance that empower each of us to live our ideal form of life. Today, Bob and I are joined by our very special guest host, Ryan Walter. Ryan's introduction is longer than most, but it is important <laughs> as it shows the character of the man we're talking about with today. Ryan Walter played more than a thousand games over 15 seasons in the NHL Hockey League. He was drafted second overall by the Washington Capitals. Ryan was named the youngest NHL captain in his second of four seasons, played nine seasons, and won a Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens, and returned to his hometown to play his last two seasons for the Vancouver Canucks. He was named Team Canada captain in the World Junior Tournament, was selected to play in the NHL All-Star Game, and for Team Canada in three World Championships. He became a vice president of the National Hockey League Players Association and was honored as NHL Man of the Year. Ryan has been inducted into the BC Hall of Fame, the Burnaby Sports Hall of Fame, named to the 30 all-time Washington Capitals Dream Team, the top 50 all-time BCHL players, the top 125 WHL players of all time, and the top 100 Montreal Canadiens in 100 years. Ryan has a master's of arts degree in leadership and business. He's the author of five books and an expert, excuse me, an expert contributor to both online and print magazines, newspapers, radio, and television. Ryan serves as a director of both the Hockey Canada Foundation and Partners International Canada and is a member of the Seton Hall University Stillman School of Business Leadership Advisory Council and the recipient of the Tech Canada 2015 Speaker of the Year Award. Ryan won, excuse me, Ryan won a gold medal as head coach of the Canada National Women's Hockey Team, was assistant coach of the Vancouver Canucks, co-founder and president of two startup companies, a TV and radio hockey analyst, a hockey advisor, and actor for both television and movies, the creator of the board and electronic game trade deadline, hockey, and the president of a professional hockey team. Ryan continues to inspire players, teams, businesses, and organizations across North America and beyond to become their very best. I have personally known Ryan for almost 20 years and have had the privilege of him working with my companies in the past. He's always been open to helping others grow and gives of himself through creating and amazing learning experiences and definitely inspires people to be their best. Thank you for joining us today, Ryan, and all of you. As we journey to find the uncommon truth about leadership, we're going to discuss the character of a leader, how leaders are agents of change, and how important is vision, purpose, and planning to leadership. Ryan, thank you so much for being with us. That is so impressive. It's actually overwhelming when I look at, in your short lifetime, <laughs> what you've accomplished. <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, thank you, Heath. Thank you, Bob. Great to be with you both. And uh, I think it, it just means, uh, basically, you know, that I've, I've, uh, I couldn't keep a job. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. And uh, 
why don't we just jump right in here? I think that the, the, the key element here is we're talking about leadership. You have written some amazing books on this subject and how to build culture. And, and one of the most important things that I've learned over my years of owning and operating businesses and, is that character. Character is fundamental to building teams, to, 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 to growth in general. So what do you feel the character traits that best define a leader are? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I, I think as, as I think about character, um, you know, there's, there's some really interesting connections because when we think, many people that think about character think about values. And, 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 and so you have to differentiate values and character. And then you have to differentiate character with values and strengths as a leader. So there's many things that sort of play here, Heath. You know, it's interesting, uh, Posner and Cousins were are, are great um, uh, leadership experts for the last 10 years. They have recommended uh, that, that there's four sort of um, qualities or characteristics that people want in their leader. <clears throat> so here's what Posner and Kuzis did. They went worldwide for over 10 years now, and, and they, actually, um, uh, they actually asked people who would follow their leader, uh, who would willingly follow their leader. They said, what are the top four characteristics that you want in leadership? And, and let me give them to you because I think this probably helps to answer our, our question a little bit. Uh, number four, let's work backwards, is um, obviously leaders have to be competent. So in whatever field, if, if you and I are, are coaching in the game of hockey at the NHL level, uh, you have to have credibility and you must be competent. Uh, number two is that leaders need to be inspiring. And uh, one of my favorite questions to ask leaders across the world is how, how have you inspired people and how have you been inspired? And those are different answers to different, you know, to those questions throughout the world. Uh, number number uh, two, so, so, you know, competent, inspiring. Number two, and I know you're going to go there later, Heath and Bob, is forward-looking. A leader must have a sense of, a sense of, of moving in a direction and, 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 and a sense of vision. Because if we're not moving, uh, you know, if we're just sitting on the couch, nobody's going to follow. And then the number, the number one characteristic, so let's go from, uh, you know, four to one. So, so you've got competency, right? You've got inspiration, uh, you've got forward-looking, and the number one won't surprise both of you, and that is honesty. Is that at the end of the day, uh, those four characteristics equal a word that we've been talking about to leaders for a long time, and I don't hear a lot of other uh, leadership experts talk about it, and here's the word credibility. Mm. If leaders don't have credibility, um, they can't lead. So credibility 
a word that I would use to explain credibility is simply trust. Our character has to build trust. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally, totally. So there's an element for sure of trust uh, in that uh, for sure, Keith. And, and you know where trust sort of stems from and credibility, uh, probably another way to look at it, trust is a brilliant word, uh, is what I do adds up with what I say and what I say adds up with with what I do, right? There, if there's a breakdown in that process, then we, we absolutely lose trust and, and we don't have credibility with people. Right. I, that's a saying that uh, Bob has heard me at nauseum uh, say at different times. Life is pretty simple. Do what we say and say what we do. If we do that, then we will build trust, which ultimately leads to building relationships, a friendship, which then allows us to do yeah. inspiring of people and influencing people. I think it was Dale Carnegie, yeah. make friends and influence people. So if you're making friends, yeah. ultimately, that means you have credibility with those people. What do you think, Bob? Great discussion, gentlemen. Thanks so much. Let's there, when I when I when I was listening to Ryan speak, I was thinking about the maybe the two levels of leadership that that I think about often when I see a leader. The first level, of course, is leading others. We, they've been hired to lead other people, but uh, maybe the first and more foundational level is leading self, like self leadership. <laughs> uh, leaders being in charge of their own development, the, their own and and uh, building a good foundation for others. Very interesting, Ryan, to take a look at those four major words and actually see if it, if, if it relates directly to the leader themselves. So the words competence, inspiring, forward-looking, and honesty. Um, is the person being honest with themselves about what their skills are, their abilities are, and where, they're, uh, and, and what, where they need to improve? Are they forward-looking for themselves? Like, um, are they uh, inspiring themselves? Are they getting up every day inspired? And the last one, do they feel competent? they feel competent in the major areas of their life. Uh, we've got this thing called form that we work with, um, uh, which talks about, you know, your finances, your uh, venture, your relationships, all the major areas of your life. And uh, are they feeling competent in those areas of their life? So maybe you could talk a bit about that for me is uh, the concept of self-leadership and how important that is uh, as a foundation for leaders. Yeah, totally, Bob. <clears throat> like I, I think, um, uh, I think I don't. I think it was um, John Maxwell that said, uh, "Leaders are learners," and that's probably a, a, a simple way to put that. Um, but I, at the end of the day, you know, when you when you uh, looked at the self side of leadership, uh, your point is, if we were to do a, a one to ten, you know, one not so good, ten amazing on all four of those characteristics uh, from an internal point of view, uh, we would get a, a, a very good look at ourselves. But uh, what Posner and Kuzas have found <clears throat> is that um, to, before we do that, we have to do a one to 10 uh, from the external point of view because our people's view of those four parts of our lives as a leader 
equals their score that they have from a credibility point of view of us. <clears throat> and you know what's amazing, guys? And I, I, I didn't think about this until, you know, we really studied credibility is every single one of us has a score for each other in this area of credibility. So we might not like it. Uh, we, we certainly influence it. But once we've done what we do and said what we say, uh, then the, the most, the scariest part about credibility is then it doesn't live in our own minds. It lives in the hearts and minds of our people. And so what we really work with leaders around is to help them uh, be aware of that and increase the credibility that they have with their people. And he started on, you know, how do you increase trust? That's a good start. And Bob, I'm coming to you too, because it's an inner growth, right? It's a leadership development piece that helps us increase credibility in the minds of our people. You, you know, I think this is um, a great segue right into our next question, is what you're really saying is that leaders are focused on constant and never-ending improvement, or can I, as uh, Tony Robbins always speaks about. And that means that leaders are creators of change. They're, they're seeking to embrace and manage change for the empowerment of people. Their team, as you so well said, it's not about me, it's about we. Because ultimately, I, can't, I don't know who said it, but I guess my dad uh, is the one who I'll give credit for it, is that you're not a leader unless people are following along with you. You're not seeking followers. But you know you're a leader when people are following you. Otherwise, you're just out on a walk by yourself. So yeah, that's so true, Heath. That is the fruit, right? So the question then is, Ryan and Bob, do you guys feel that great leaders are those that create, embrace, and manage change for the empowerment of people? I'll jump in quick, and then I'm interested in Bob's thoughts. Um, you know, what, what Carol Dweck said is, is there's two types of mindsets. And what, what my wife Jenny and I have built is we've built a, a five-mindset model um, that we call the thinking tendencies model. And we help leaders have an understanding of their thinking so that they can shift their thinking. That'll be our next book. Uh, it'll be around this model and leadership. But uh, what Dweck has is, is two mindsets, and she says we move into them and out of them all the time. And she calls it the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. So when we're fixed, we're focused on the things that we you know, maybe aren't good enough in and that we, we don't want to expose to other people. But in a growth mindset, we're saying, no, 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 we're good. I didn't pass the test next month. So those are the two sort of visions of how we see the world, uh, as Carol Dweck says. And, and if we have a fixed mindset as a leader, we really struggle. 
because we basically say to people, you have to listen to me. I'm your leader. If we're in a growth mindset, we're much more in the place where we say, hey, I messed up as your leader. I'll, I'll get better and I won't do it again. But just know that I'm real and I'm on a journey with you. And what we find is that in a growth mindset do way with their teams. Right. What I'd like to add to your, uh, the discussion, gentlemen, is often leaders in organizations find themselves in a, in a place where they've been inspired. They've uh, listened to a podcast. They've read a book. They've caught something on YouTube that's caught their eye, and they go back into the workplace. And they're, the one, they're inspired, of course, but they've got uh, around them a number of people that uh, haven't read the same stuff are not quite as inspired. So you have this culture, you've got organizational culture to battle through. And, and Heath, uh, to your question about change, it's, you know, I've met many, many leaders that are, you know, excited about change, think their organizations need change. But what they battle internally is the persuasive factor of bringing other people on board. Love to hear uh, Ryan speak about this. So I, there's, um, and maybe that's, yeah. So I think that that internal battle of uh, pitting uh, inspired leader versus fixed uh, people with fixed mindset uh, that are intent on keeping the status quo is a massive battle. And the first battle that leaders have to overcome. It's not necessarily them changing their minds or being on fire for change. It's we've got to bring everybody on board in some way, shape or form. I just summarized one point that I think you both just sort of said, and that is that ultimately our mindset is so critical because our thinking is the key element in the direction of our change and ultimately is driving our attitude. And our attitude dictates altitude. And our attitude of gratitude is what allows us to view it as an opportunity to grow personally so that we can give holistically to our team or the people that we have the opportunity and blessing to influence. And, and Heath, that's why with our, um, you know, leadership and high performance and team development processes, that's why we built the model because Aristotle said thoughts are causes. And, and so the idea is that what we're thinking influences everything. And that's, that's what the three of us agree on and are, are having a conversation around here. Uh, in, you know, certainly belief system influences, you know, thought process. And thought process influences belief system. But this idea, if we can't figure out, you know, our thinking, and if we can't shift our thinking, and if we can't have deeper awareness about our thinking, then we're not going to create the change that Bob's talking about, whether it's personal or cultural. The other piece I'd fired Bob uh, on that outer change to other people to change our team <clears throat> is this idea of influence. And, and we've done a lot of work uh, on leadership and influence. You know, uh, uh, there's... Uh, a number of great authors in this area, but, but the idea that, that, you know, ethically influencing the thinking of our people is what leaders do in 2020. 
And, and that is one of the key components because we're, whether we know it or not, we're already doing it. But most great leaders are intentional in this area. And that, that's, what, that's what we like to, uh, to instruct or train around. It is, one of the big, it is one of the biggest leadership challenges for people that are running departments or managers or supervisors. And that is to, uh, the leadership starts within, of course, their ideas, their inspiration, and then to build a group of champions around them by educating, by, um, by discussing, by bringing in uh, uh, new information, by training, uh, by bringing in coaches, doing, taking all these steps to uh, change people's mindset, to alter their thinking, to bring them more on board ethically, to do all these things, right? So, uh, um, and I think that taking those, it's, it's all a series of little steps and uh, lots of failure, I think, within these organizations that leads to ultimate success. And, and uh, probably maybe one of the greatest character strengths of all is just simply the perseverance of never giving up, knowing that you're right, knowing that it's the best thing, the right thing to do and to, uh, to go against, um, actually in many organizations, a lot of internal friction, uh, negativity, hostility. Sometimes, Ryan, <laughs> uh, I've experienced that as well. It's like, it's really hard to change some organizations. The whole concept of change and the potential that we all have as individuals to lead in any given moment is I think a significant challenge for us all because that really comes back to always how we think in that moment, the belief or the meanings that we each are putting on what's occurring. And it really is, how do we manage challenge? I like what I heard from a gentleman named Miles Monroe. And used to say that, and, and that uh, the, in the Chinese language, there is no uh, um, problem or challenge. The actual definition of challenge in Chinese is opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. That's why they succeed in every community around the world. There's a Chinatown. And... You know, I speak Chinese, I've lived over there, but that overall attitude is something that we can actually learn from. I think it's that, that change in itself is not a problem, it's not a challenge, it's an opportunity. And then as a leader, I think that in itself is how do we change in a way that's going to first, as you said, Ryan, help us each grow individually because we can only give what we have. And that then allows us to grow internally. Now I've filled my cup. Intelligent selfishness is another way of saying it. So I've gone out and learned, and now I can give from what I have. And leadership, really, as you just said it, and I'm just kind of having an epiphany into an acronym that uh, Bob and I use a lot about life. Leaders live life and develop a life skill about living intentionally focused on executing or empowering change. What do you guys think? Yeah, so true. 
Well, uh, there's there's a there's a uh, it's not a missing element. It's uh, because it's it's spread throughout everything we're talking about. But we haven't said the word yet, and so it's good to chat about it. Um, people that uh, no person creates change with low confidence. Mm. So, so in other words, this inner game that we're talking about—that's how we 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 uh, we we coin it: the inner game and the outer game. And the inner game that we talk about, um, you know, is the self-efficacy is the self-esteem, is the self-image. And the world of sport, you know, does us a great service by calling it confidence. <clears throat> so one of the things that we help people, help leaders develop is high competence, but not high cockiness. Yes. So many, many people feel that, oh, that guy's overconfident. And I think I've come to the point in my life where I'm, 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 I shoot back now and say, I'm not sure you can be overconfident. I, I am sure you can be over cocky. And, and one is looking at yourself and saying, I'm amazing. The other is that humility, right, that, that says, no, I'm, it's not that I'm amazing but I'm not going to put myself down because out of Heath's cup, the cup's got to be full or I can't give. Mm. So, so the way we think about ourselves uh, is such a powerful piece as a first start because it helps to generate the belief system and the confidence that allows us to do everything that we're talking about. So I really think this is another a great segue into uh, the next and, and third question. And I'm going to start it with a quote by Miles Monroe. He said, the beliefs of structure of a person are really critical because leaders have belief in themselves and then they are the initiators, which creates, unfortunately, sometimes enemies and resistance because they upset the status quo. But they're doing this because they have a vision, they have a purpose that they're focused on. So for leadership, how important are vision, purpose, and ultimately the rituals or habits that they live by? Go for it, Bob. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I'll build on what Ryan mentioned with the confidence. I think that, uh, to have vision and to have purpose and to have rituals is is, is uh, but you've got to win the battle like whether you're making change in your own life or you're making change in an organization there's battles to be fought and um, sometimes they're battles with other people sometimes they're uh, a lot of times they're battles mental battles with yourself um, and um, having clear vision having clear purpose and establishing a series of habits or rituals that um, move you forward in, in any areas that you need to move forward as a leader is very, very helpful to, to you actually um, in picking the right battles, <laughs> engaging the, uh, the battle strategically, and then, um, and then being persistent enough and wise enough to, um, to get through them and win them and, and bring people on board, bring people on board rather than create uh, more animosity and more 
um, hostility as you go forward. Uh, really difficult things. Yeah. Leadership is not um, leadership is not for some people because they don't want the battles. They don't want to face those challenges in life. But I would say that I would say that it's important. It's important for people to take a look at that and say, "I've got I've got some battles to fight." I'll pass it on. Yeah, I agree, Bob. <clears throat> so, so we try to frame it this way. Um, you know, after 25 years of, uh, you know, working with and being around and then training, you know, corporate leaders, we try to frame it this way. Um, basically, organizations come down to two types of people, leaders leading leaders and leaders following leaders. Those are the two options in corporations. Uh, yeah, at the NHL as a team, uh, and I would like to say even in family, we we I, I I look at instead of looking at leadership as a position, um, I like this idea of leadership as as a plural opportunity for growth, and in this context, at one point in our lives, we are going to lead. And so growing the leadership capacity of every person in the organization. Now, they might not want to be a leader. They might not like to see themselves as accountable. But at the end of the day in 2020, uh, there is no out. Even the, you know, maybe the, the, um, the person on the phone at the front of the office uh, at one point has the client on the phone and is in charge of the whole account, right? So, so I like this idea of where we're going is that there's no option. Uh, leadership capacity growth is for every person, not just for executives. And if we can have that focus, then we see leadership, you know, Pauser and Cruisers, have done a, a lot of research on leadership, and in the in back a, while, a little while, they they most people would see leadership as a personality style. <clears throat> Their point is, it's not. Leadership are is skills to be developed, right? And characteristics, and values, and inner game stuff that can be you know that can be grown. So uh, that's really encouraging for me. And I don't think leadership is this thing that, you know, is esoteric and it's out there and people say, well, that guy came out of the womb as a, as a leader. You know, th that person may have come out of the womb a little farther along as a leader, but every leader I've ever met is on a growth path and has chosen to grow. So... Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we're, we're bringing, Heath, I'll come back to you. I think we're bringing everything sort of into focus around leadership. And uh, I think it's a fun discussion to have. Yeah, this is, I'm really enjoying this because, you know, I really like what you just said, that leadership applies to all of us as life requires us, us to lead at different times, whether it's as a father, a mother, a, a team lead in an organization, uh, a supervisor. It could be simply as a student in a class by putting their hand up to ask the question 
that everyone else wants to ask. Um, it really comes down to what you really said. And I think it's powerful. The two options of leadership to either be a leader, leading leaders, or to be a leader following leaders. It's wisdom to know which one to do at the right time. So I think this has been really powerful. And, you know, as we uh, continue, I can already see, Ryan, that this is going to be uh, something that I'm going to be inviting you back again because uh, this is a deep, deep well. And there are so many topics for us to talk about along the line of vision, of purpose, of those rituals and habits that we do that drive the results that we get, right? And planning is so critical in this. We can predict our future by creating it. And that's really what leaders do. They say, you know what? I'm going there. And they do what Benjamin Franklin said. They plan. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So how do we create a good plan and a culture that's going to sort of wrap up this discussion of leadership and managing change, right? So how do we really create that culture and that, that team environment? Because that's really what leadership is. Otherwise, we're on a walk by ourselves, And embrace the change that's required for us to lead. Yeah, uh, we, do, we do a couple of pieces that we uh, think are powerful. And this is a huge learning for me. When I was with the Washington Capitals, um, you know, I'm drafted number two in the world of the Caps. So as both of you know, that means they're not a very good team, right? <laughs> they're the, they're the, the second worst team in the NHL that year. <clears throat> Here's my point is in Washington, we were a young startup company with not enough skill to really play against the big boys. So we lost a lot. And here's what I learned because I experienced that. Let me take you inside an NHL dressing room. I found that the common cultural language, if I was to put it all together, came together around this idea of blame. So, so the idea of blame. So, you know, if we couldn't blame the goalie for the loss, we'd blame the referee for the loss. And what we find is that there's a lot of culture that is formed on the language of blame. And, it, and if the problem with blame is that everything we've just talked about goes away from a growth point of view, from a development point of view, from a uh, holding myself accountable point of view, if I can turn and blame someone else. So there, there is no growth in, in blame cultures. Then I get traded to the Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, and by the way, I'm not throwing my guys under the bus in Washington. I mean, I was uh, in year two, I, I was captain of that mess. We were, we were trying to turn the culture. I get traded to the Canadiens who had just came off uh, six Stanley Cup wins in 10 seasons when I got there. And the common cultural language in that dressing room was much different. Uh, that was a team that won a lot. That was a team that, you know, was in the playoffs all the time. And in nine seasons with the Montreal Canadiens, we went to, you know, two Stanley Cup finals. 
So the common cultural language in that dressing room was built around, or at least this is what I remember, we weren't perfect, but was built around this idea of, of no excuses. So the, the, the words I remember were just find a way to win. So just find a solution. So just find a way to win. And, and that changed everything. So now, instead of being able to turn and blame the referee, now I was actually accountable for my actions uh, towards, you know, not only, not only in the concept of the team, but, you know, with the coaching staff and with management. <clears throat> here's, here's my summary on everything I've learned at the NHL level around culture. And we, we have processes that we help, you know, organizations put in place. But here it is. Culture turns on language. Mm. That's it. If you want to know the future of your business, look at the language of your business. You want to know the future of a person, look at the language that they say to themselves. This idea is that the language is the glue and it's the outpouring of belief system. It's the outpouring of, of mindset. It's the outpouring of action. And it's the glue that leaders can really influence. So the great leaders, whether they know it intentionally and they do it intentionally or they don't know it and they're just doing it, always influence the language of the culture and that's not always positive yeah this is you know you just really hit on the overall uh mindset triad is the wording that i would use that um in your story we're talking about it comes back to those three things and language and self-talk is one of the three critical aspects of our mindset and our state that language that we use actually shows our beliefs and what's in our heart. And the days that I'm Mr. Grumpy Pants and it's coming out, whether it be in personal relationships or business, is showing where I'm at in my state. And I get to choose what that is, right? So I am accountable. And it's our choice to whether it be a victim, fall below the line and go, well, the blame game that you just said, or if it's going to be, it's up to me, which is a accountable statement to start with self first and really change our focus. Because when we start to change our focus on what we focus on, that tells us what we're going to feel. That feeling's going to grow, you know, then we ultimately become it. And then it goes into our language. And because we've set a belief by our focus. And then obviously, lastly, the physiology of what we do with that language is a really critical element to managing our state. And ultimately, state is culture, whether it be individually, my personal culture inside myself, or in the team, in the dressing room of the Washington Capitals. You know, as a leader, which you've been throughout your hockey career, your business career, and in my experience with you, that's something that I really can say yeah, I've observed that in you and I've learned it is accountability and that you really inspire people by doing what you say. 
That's true leadership. Back to the very beginning of our whole discussion. Right? And that, I think this is really critical. What do you think, Bob? Love the discussion, Jens. Thanks so much. Uh, just to build a bit on what was said before by Ryan, the language that we say to ourselves, the language that the team uses is so important. Uh, that just leads me to think that uh, the people that we have around us that are speaking languages are really important too. So uh, the story that uh, Ryan told about the two hockey teams, someone had pulled together the team and, and they were all speaking the same language to build that culture, right? That's, lead, that's, that's management and that's leadership coming together. And what an interesting thing, if you would have got a chance to stay with Washington, right? Because they became a very good team, what, 20 years later? <laughs> they did, over time, change the culture to, and change the language of that team uh, by moving out people, bringing in people, right? When, you don't, when you're in an organization, you don't have the opportunity to move people out. You really do have to change mindsets. And you really do have to change their language. And, and uh, that's a, that's a, that is a tall order. But it starts with self. It starts with you understanding that and you having the confidence to move forward. And the hint that I would give to other people is you've got to bring like people on board. So I was in an organization of over 100 employees leading that organization. And uh, the culture needed to be changed. And that's immediately what I did was reach out and bring people, uh, two or three key people on at the senior management level out of, let's say, 10. And, that, and then one by one, we started to change uh, language and change mindset uh, through the process of discussions and encouragement and training and um, going to conferences together and bringing people on uh, and, and forming that cohort of like-minded people who could then influence others around them. And uh, that was a, a seven-year passionate uh, growth period for everybody. Very exciting. Changing the culture, changing the mindsets of a family, a hockey team, um, a business department, or a whole organization. We, we have a, our little model talks about, you know, future positive vision. <clears throat> Leaders are, are, are through their language and through their, obviously you have to do it first. And you know, this comes back to what we do and what we say, uh, but leaders really give direction to companies and cultures. Um, and, and that is a fun thing to do because you see people come alongside and you see people, you know, uh, after a while decide that this is real and that we're, they're going to be part of it. And I love that idea because you know, leadership's not about us, right? Leadership doesn't have ego. Let me, let me reverse that. Everybody has ego, but leadership has enough of the good side of the ego to say that, you know, I'm not, it's not about me. It's not about, hey, look at me, I'm amazing. Leadership is about a movement. It's, it's about taking people in a direction and so I love that thought, and that's where language is so important. I listen in now. You guys will laugh at me. <clears throat> you know, I had a, um, a buddy of mine that kept saying, you know, he's standing in front of his wife, and he kept saying, my kids, my kids, my kids. <laughs> and I finally turned to him, and I said, I think she bore the kids. <laughs> like, it, it's not my kids, it's our kids. And you, you know, your, your, your viewers might think that that's such a small piece, and it is, and I'm jumping on my buddy. But here's the point, language counts. 
right? What was she thinking when he was saying, my kids? So, so this is a powerful uh, place for leadership to uh, be very self-aware uh, and understanding that their language has impact. And uh, it's a great place to play out leadership because you, you can see it, you can hear it, you can fear, uh, feel it immediately. And uh, I'm uh, Heath. I'm looking forward to our our next session together. Yes, you know I really want to thank you both for this great great discussion. So as I do on every show, let me try to summarize the uncommon truth about leadership with Ryan Walter. So four leadership qualities or characteristics that leaders need to be are. First, we're going to start at the bottom from the least important to the most important. First, the leader needs to be is competent. Thirdly, they need to be inspiring. Secondly, they need to be forward-looking. They need vision. And firstly, they need to have honesty. Integrity is critical. Integrity will lead us to another word, which we discussed. Credibility. Credibility is critical. We must build our character to be trusted. To do this, we really just need to simply do what we say and say what we do. Other areas that we talked about of leadership are self-discipline and self-leadership. Leadership starts with self internally before we go externally leaders are congruent they have congruency with who they are and who others see them as there has to be an alignment to be a great leader otherwise we're not being congruent and their trust begins to break down leaders are also really focused on can i constant and never ending improvement Ryan, you said it. Leaders are learners. So as a leader, we need to be focused on growing first inside so that we can then give that learning to others, which will get the change we want in our team or the people that have shown trust in us to follow. What a privilege and responsibility. So leadership as you said, Ryan, is not a fixed position. It's a direction of growth, as we just discussed. It starts internally before going externally. That led us into a mindset discussion, which is critical. As we are journeying with people, our thinking is the key element in change. Our attitude dictates our altitude. It's an opportunity to lead. As a man thinketh, so he is. Leadership is life skill that's learned. And you gave us so many great things. It got summarized by the acronym of life. How do we live intentionally focused on executing or empowering change? Because we are initiators of change if we are leading. Leaders have to be developing confidence and belief in themselves first, because from that position, they can execute on their purpose, 
and then they're able to persevere through the times and the trials that will come. Not if, the second you make a statement, immediately resistance and challenge will come. You will be tested or tempted, which means you're gonna be tempered. Ultimately, leaders are predicting their future by creating it. You know, and then just a few more points that I've got is that ultimately leadership applies to all of us. It's really a requirement for us to lead at different times. We need to use the two options and be aware of the two options of leadership that you gave us, Ryan. This is strong. We're either a leader at the moment, leading leaders, or we're a leader following leaders. An attitude that everyone is a leader. And it's only wisdom that helps us to know which one to be in which moment. So as we're wrapping this up, I'm so grateful because the example of leadership that you've shown me, Ryan, in helping me and my companies in the past and what I've observed in the things and the way that you live your life is that you've learned to be a leader through the challenges that you have faced in your life every day. You don't believe in a blame culture. And we need to follow an accountable view of life that I am accountable and above the line living that if it's going to be, it's up to me. It starts inside and we're not living in victimhood, which is blame because the old adage, you know, with our hands, if we're pointing, blaming with one finger, there's usually three pointing back at us. So there's so much here today. I've learned from you guys and it's, it's, it's amazing. The last point you talked about, which I feel is critical, was talking about our state. And that real key point is that culture turns on language. What comes out of our mouth is showing what's the content of our heart. Our mindset and our state is all around our language and our self-talk. So as a leader, we have to believe. We have to be confident. And we need to focus on being accountable, focused on our language, and the people that we allow into our lives to put into us because it's going to come out if we put it in. Garbage in, garbage out. So as a leader, we need to be focused on team. And I've read that in your books. It's together everyone achieves more. It starts with our thinking, which leads to our language, and then simply do what we say. So I want to thank you boys. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I'm already so excited about doing this again. And we really need to continue our discussion on leadership, Ryan, and how we can grow and give to get our ideal form of life. Keith, so, um, do you have any other comments? Yeah. Keith, our, um, our, there'll be a lot of listeners that will be in organizations right now and um, have been struggling with change, have been struggling with bringing people on board to change culture in their organizations. One of the smartest things they could do is actually look for help, ask for help, reach out. So uh, there's no better person in my mind than Ryan Walter. Yeah. I know Ryan, uh, uh, I'm not sure uh, you're, you're open to that, but if you are open to that, give us some uh, information right now. People could reach out, chat with you um, on social media or wherever you are um, because 
it's just a smart thing to do. One of the smartest things a leader could do is, is uh, find some skills, some talent, bring it in, and help. Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, you know, this is what, this is what we do 100% of the time. Uh, last year, <clears throat> before COVID-19, uh, we, we worked with 130 companies last year doing training sessions, uh, half-day training sessions, full-day, multiple-day. Um, so thank you for that. And RyanWalter.com is a primary source of information. Uh, if, if people want to sign up uh, to get our e-newsletter, uh, they can go to the contact page there. And if they want to do that, uh, as a special offer <clears throat> for being on your pro program, uh, I'll send them, just to, uh, have your people ask for it, and I'll send them our latest book, uh, the PDF copy of our latest book, Hungry. Uh, so I'll just email that to people quickly and uh, love to do that. But I, I think the key component is uh, I want to thank both of you for your conversation around leadership and really looking forward uh, to a next step because I think we're all going to take it differently or a, a deeper and differently. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. For all of you watching today, remember, you can find Ryan at www.ryanwalter.com. I highly recommend you do. Go get the book Hungry from Ryan. It's amazing. We all got to be hungry as leaders. So thank you, Ryan, for all you, for, for, and to all of you for journeying with us today and finding the uncommon truth about leadership. We welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find the uncommon truth on YouTube, Facebook, and most podcast apps. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening today. We welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find The Uncommon Truth on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Until next time, God bless.